0: Welcome to the Life Course Podcast from the ESRC, International Centre for Life Course Studies at UCL. In today's episode, Anthony Laverty from Imperial College London and Libby Webb from Age UK discuss their research looking at the links between owning a bus pass and an older person's health, and how that research fed into the inquiry that secured the future of the older person's bus pass.
1: Back in 2010, we had the new uh, New at the time coalition government, and one of the things they were talking about a lot was means testing all universal benefits including the free bus pass for older people but I suppose the basic policy context was there was this idea that maybe we should means test things uh, or just sort of reduce the amount of provision in some sense and then we thought well this is something you could look at you know Mm -hmm. using the available data we have, you know, what are the health benefits of the free bus pass, mm-hmm. and sort of, see what we can find out there. So we wanted
2: to su- support policymakers who wanted to retain
1: the universality of the benefit um,
2: by providing them with some evidence of the benefits of the policies they already had in place, because there wasn't much scientific evidence at all about the bus pass at all, so we, we thought we could contribute something new to the b- debate with our background in health.
0: So Libby, you started by looking at the links between having a bus pass and, Obesity. Tell us a bit about what you did there. Um,
2: well, we were sort of constrained by the data at that time because nobody was actually collecting data on whether or not you had a bus pass. So um, we used the English Longitudinal Study of Aging um, and we, dis- we worked out whether people were eligible for a bus pass. And we showed that those people who are eligible for a bus pass were both more likely to use public transport and less likely to be obese and that over time the people who use public transport were also less likely to become obese over time.
0: Okay, so you both then went on to work on a follow-up study looking at the links between owning a bus pass or having a bus pass and how active older people were. Um, Anthony, just talk us through the, through that.
1: Yes, yeah, so we, we did a few things there and I suppose, as Libby was saying, it's a bit of a story of trying to deal with the data you have to sort of answer Mm. these policy relevant questions. So we looked at the National Travel Survey, and so it doesn't have any health measures, but it asks a lot about how people travel, as you'd imagine. Uh, And so we essentially identified there that if you have a bus pass, you're a lot more likely to use the bus, you're more likely to be physically active through sort of walking. Uh, And so that, you know, we had just one piece of evidence which said, if you look at people's travel patterns in a detailed fashion, you find they are doing more walking, using more public transport, and then we looked again in the English longitudinal study of ageing, both over time and sort of cross-sectionally, to identify that once people have a bus, when people do have a bus pass, people who are eligible to have a bus pass, they are both uh, more likely to be physically active and they are less likely to be obese. That was particularly so in women, the findings are a bit inconclusive in men. And then finally, sort of longitudinally, with the English longitudinal study of ageing, we looked at people increasing the public transport use and you know what you find there is that people who are increasing their public transport use that is strongly related to if you take up a bus pass you increase your public transport use and then again these people are more likely to be physically active and less likely to be obese so sort of released to be cohesive story i would say across those few
0: things yeah some really important findings uh, emerging there so all this research in the context of austerity and a review uh, of the costs and benefits of a bus pass uh, for older people so how then did your rece- research feed into those policy discussions and debates Libby, let's
2: well right at the very beginning when we published that first paper we got invited to speak to the Department of Transport about our findings and they were really interested to know what we'd found. Actually one of the benefits of that presentation was that they then went on to lobby the ELSA study people to get an extra question put in so we could then actually know if people had a bus pass or not which then led on to the papers that Anthony's just mentioned. So um, it was a really sort of virtuous cycle Mm. um, of benefits. So the DFT knew about our research. We then went on to present it at the Department for Communities and Local Government and the Department of Health. So there were all sorts of policy makers who sort of knew about what we were doing, which is really helpful. And then they had a review of the bus pass in two thousand and sixteen, and we submitted evidence to that
1: and were cited in the review.
0: So that was very timely then that the the, the opportunity to feed into that review came up, Anthony.
1: Yeah, so that was that was very timely, and uh, yeah, it's one of those stories of thinking, oh, I'm glad we didn't, you know, we didn't wait any longer before <laughs> doing this because you know the decisions are being taken at this time, and um, yeah, just the only other thing to add to that is yeah, so we got some money from the Department of Health Policy Research Mm. Programme, so we had some sort of further links through them, so we were trying hard, I suppose, to um, engage with policymakers, and it's a, in a way, I think it's a nice uh, sort of, you know, it's a nice sort of discreet sort of area, you know, are you going to do it? Are you going to have a middle ground of means testing? Are you going to not do it? So it's uh, easier, maybe, to sort of Mm. open those discussions with people. Mm.
2: And it was really helpful that we were um, providing them evidence to support them maintaining a policy they already had. I think that was helpful. If we'd have been doing the Covenant research, but our aim had been to, for them to introduce a policy that cost a billion pounds, which is what the bus pass is estimated to cost each year, that would have been a much trickier proposition. Yeah, understood. You're being very <laughs> honest here.
0: <laughs> so the review stated then that the links between having a bus pass and older people's uh, better well-being wasn't conclusive. Um, I wonder what you both make of that.
1: It. It was conclusively right? So we were talking about this a little bit uh, earlier, and um, so yes, yeah, so we using English longitudinal study of aging, sort of looked at people over time and how much public transport they were using and a few different measures of sort of depression, social isolation. Uh, we found a few things, some reasonably sort of small associations, but you know we didn't find much it's sort of in the it's in this sort of big final report. But um, and I think possible, you know, possible reasons for that are the uh, the associations are small it's sort of tricky to pick these sort of things up and so that's uh, probably my best guess in terms of that and then interestingly some other people published I think this year uh, using a slightly different methodology and they did say that they had like to these links between the bus pass and social isolation but uh, again the, you know those effects were Apparent, but they weren't sort of reasonably. What
0: charged. so not having a bus pass and and.
1: So I, yeah, so people who had a bus pass were mm. more likely to use public transport, yeah. and then those people were, um, you know, they were sort of, uh, a th- you know, a few percent less likely to have symptoms of depression. Okay. So you know, something's happening there.
2: Yeah. Part of I think the difficulty in showing these associations is the sort of data we're using because we're using quantitative data, and. The, the measures sometimes sort of don't match up. Whereas there has been a lot of qualitative research, which has, you know, done in-depth interviews with people who have bus passes and have found people have very strong feelings that their bus pass is good for their quality of life, does improve their ability to get out and about. But in these sort of general purpose surveys that we're using, um, those things aren't so easy to pick up. So I think that in a way is a is a message that, you know, we need all different types of science to support the same sort of policy arguments. I think our research you know, showing the numbers, showing the longitudinal associations is really important and valuable. And you also need
0: that qualitative research as well to add the richness. Yeah, that's the a point. Very, very well, well well made, Libby. So in April we had the announcement then that the future of the older persons bus pass uh, was secure for the foreseeable future. So I wonder what both your thoughts are on that announcement. And Libby, I'd I'd like you to sort of talk a little bit from your perspective now as uh, as somebody who works at Age UK. But let's start with uh, with with Anthony wearing your academic hat, yeah. if okay. you like.
1: Okay. Yeah a little bit wearing the academic hat a little bit wearing the sort of personal hat I, you know that I would say seems like good news so Libby mentioned it costs in the region of a billion pounds a year but that to sort of put that into scale is something sort of four maybe five percent of the amount that we're sort of spending on transport so you know it's it's a sizable amount of money you could do things with a billion pounds but it's you know not a, you know incredibly large amount of money if you think of the things that the government spends money on and um I would say that, you know, the available, it's it's still a slightly incomplete picture in terms of, you know, is it actually worth a billion pounds if you want to do this hard headed sort of, you know, cost and benefits thing. But I would say all of the, you know, available evidence we've sort of put together and other people have put together, I would say, you know, it seems like a billion quid is probably worth it.
0: Well spent. And uh, bang for your buck, it would seem, in terms of potentially of people's health yeah. and well-being that could be long longer term savings to the NHS. Et yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 The baby. Yeah,
2: um, and of course those things are really hard to quantify, yeah. um, and that's where the health economists come in. Um, from an UK perspective we're obviously really happy that the bus pass has been sort of secured for the future, um, because we know about the impact it has on people's lives, um, we know how important it is for people to get out and about to sort of reduce their risk of loneliness and isolation, um, which are, you know, things that we really care about. We've got a campaign at the moment about increasing older people's access to transport, particularly focusing on transport to hospitals. Uh, we're sort of campaigning to ensure that there are policies in place to make sure that, it's, that bus routes go via hospitals, that, that bus stops at hospitals are within sensible walking distance of the actual entrance to the hospital. Just the little practical things that really make a difference to older people's access to healthcare. Um, so I think the bus pass definitely has a role there as well.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life Course Podcast, which is presented and produced by Chris Gerrington. You can find out more about the research discussed in this episode in the publications section of the ICLS website at www.ucl.ac.uk forward slash ICLS.